Hi everyone, my name is Beata Vilcek and this is Fashion Knowledge, a podcast educating, disrupting and shaping fashion futures. Fashion Knowledge is brought to you by Unfolding Strategies, a consultancy and education lab for digital, inclusive and sustainable fashion in Web3. Today, I have with us Christoph Zettinis, um, 50% of Published By, an Austrian studio that specializes in making very sculptural and very technological uh, pieces. Some of them, and mostly the one I know, are bags. Uh, other 50% of Published By is Ruby Wallen. Uh, Ruby's not here with us today. Uh, Chris, super nice to meet you. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy. Um, that we're going to chat today. And maybe I would ask you first to introduce what Published By is, because you're not a typical fashion brand, I would say. Yeah, we're not. I think what we are is that we have so much different backgrounds in our team and also like myself and Ruby, is that like Published By is more like a product development house pretty much. And it's, it's also quite interesting how this is happening already after a few seasons because people saw the bags, of course, and that's like the entrance to the brand. But what we do more and more now is like furniture, glasses, shoes. You know, I think the the design language we have, you can apply almost to everything. And I think that's what we see more and more. It's something that I want to be really honest here. It's not even like our idea. Often people come and say, well, I think you should do a chair. And then we do a chat, so we'll be as we do right now. And I think, um, so yeah, Published By started as a fashion brand. And we'll always have deep roots in fashion. But I think um, new technologies are giving us the chance to create whatever we feel like. And that's really exciting. Okay, cool. So what is, so let's go a little bit back. So what is the, the story behind your studio, your brand, and what is your personal journey as a designer? It's quite funny. I, mean, I started as a carpenter. You know, when I was at the countryside in Austria, I grew up in the mountains pretty much and super picturesque, you know, where Sound of Music was filmed, literally next to it. And it's beautiful, but the fashion was not really somehow that was existing for me, you know? It was one idea you saw it once in a while, like a TV show or something like that. And so for me, becoming a vet, I started with surfboards and then I went to, literally just went to university in, in, in Austria and showed what I would to do and they said hey you should come and uh, study design and fashion and i always wanted to become an architect actually but therefore <laughs> the study was really long and exhausting nope that's not gonna happen i want to do fashion and i was really fascinated because it was something that was so far from what i knew that it interested me actually the most because i knew okay a house is a house and clearly know what i'm doing and I mean, with, with, uh, as a carpenter, I did a lot of like, furniture, so I was like, yeah, that's clearly what happens as well. But due to the fact that I grew up with really boring furniture, I was so used to it, I was like, nah, that was not really my thing. So fashion was the thing that gave me the chance to dream and to think about something completely different and, and go further, you know, vision, these shows and like the, the vibe and everything. And I was really, I was really fascinated. So this is how I got into it. And then... As I said, I, I went to uni. Um, I started doing a lot of like internships and worked with like 
even like in the leather industry, I went to like some internships with like, you know, like how to dye leather and how to do the technical part. And actually, the cool thing about the Vienna like um, university was always like that you had the chance to be combined with other studios. So underneath me was the Zaha Deed studio for architecture. And that's where I met a really good friend of mine back then, like Daniel uh, Reist, who's now at Mercedes. And it was quite funny because like, I met him at this whole new universe open, you know? Because these guys think so different and had, the, had all the input from the architect and above us was like product design. But the great thing about the university in Vienna was like that you could just mix it all up somehow. And then, you know, I started to become super interested in like um, product design and um, that's how it happened. And then the funny thing is like I went to basically uh, um, the, the, the fashion association in Austria gave me a first grant to design garments, you know. And then the only thing I really did was bags. And then I had one bag that was like basically... Um, the, the first Ruby's Lost Stone bag that I did, and that's what I showed in Paris. And then everybody walked by the garments had absolutely no interest. I'm not going to lie, it was just like, yeah, whatever. But this one bag with a lot of attention, and it's like, oh, that's, that's interesting. So also, you know, we did really plastic bags and, and products before, and me and Ruby back then haven't really worked together yet, but I was just really interested. We went through Paris and said, who really needs like a plastic leather bag? You know, who needs like classic accessories or, or designer pages? So it's like it's actually really dated and we don't feel like it anymore. So we basically threw away or like gave away all the, the sewing machine, sold them, and bought one 3D printer and then started to basically doodle around. So it was really like a floaty process. You know, I mean, I was working for McQueen before in course at Adidas. It's all like interesting. But what really interested me was like taking new technologies, new way of trying to talk with like people from a completely different industry, you know, and work it out with them. And this work and this was like the starting point of published by really, you know? I mean, even the name came up so smooth somehow because the funny like funny story, like I needed a name for because I got the sponsorships and it's like, what should we what should we say? And then Satinis is like really close to Satinis, like the fashion the underwear brand. But I was like, shit, I can't use it. So then I was like sitting in Rome and I was like thinking with Ruby together and it's four o'clock in the morning. I was like, you know, I was like going through magazines, like constantly looking at Vogue and everything. And the only thing that all, all, that always repeated itself was the publisher. So published by is basically named after the published by of like Vogue Germany or something. And the reason was because I was like really tired. It was four in the morning and I went through it. I was like, okay, this sounds good. Let's put a step and then people loved it and said, like, that's so great. And I wish by anyway a lot about collaboration and like collaborating with new people like Marjorie, you know, that we both love and know and, and, and are really inspired by it. And, you know, people from, you know, like, again, now I'm working with capitals again. And I thought, like, everywhere happening. And so we are really lucky to have like all these people in our orbit that basically want to work fast and like also like, give input. Well, it's always like a choice. So this is, I think, honestly speaking, and I'm not going to lie, but it's the truth. This whole thing happened out of like a little water drop. And then it just blew up to a certain extent where we now like sitting here and producing like all these crazy things. Like, you know, and I think that's really fantastic. And uh, I think it was like we learned on the go how to produce it. So as an example, at the beginning, I had no clue how to 3D model. You know, I had no clue how to do the molding, how to 
work it all out than the German car industry, who are not really famous for doing bags and other things, uh, started to me the process of creating these bags. And this is, yeah, uh, an interesting ride, good one. But that's, that's basically the starting point of publishing. In a really floaty, Okay, I like that you use the word floaty because I think um, it makes me also think about your aesthetics and your design. And as we are on a podcast and we are operating in a world of, you know, sound and voice only, I would like you to describe, you know, to pick two two designs of yours, two designs of published by, uh, could be a bag and something else, maybe something you're working on and describe them in the most like, you know, visual, but also sensory way. I would like people to think, how your designs look, but also, I don't know, how do they do they feel? I think the best idea is probably to say where I came up with the idea. And it's actually quite a, fun, a beautiful story for me. Because I was in, on holiday in Ruby in uh, Greece, where my family is from. And what happened is we have been at this really picturesque beach. It was really rocky and you only could go there via like a half an hour, like kind of like hikey kind of like track, you know, and, and we entered this track and after half an hour we've been there, luckily, I don't know why, but it was like more, I think, October, so it was already like less touristy, and we've been there, the two of us, and we spent the whole day there, it was really nice, and this the, the ocean was like so beautiful, like this absolute blue, what was insane, and I love this, I always love these structures of like, basically rock that is like, you know, the, where the water cuts out pretty much, the shape of the of the rock and and i said to ruby wouldn't it be absolutely amazing to create a bag that is much more sculpture and shaped by nature like this rock you know than than something that you always like see so the bag for me was always like the goal was always like to have basically a mechanical part that you put into the water and let it rest there for four thousand years and see how organically shaped and beautiful that the, the, the product comes out so also, like the reflectivity of the bag is all about like seeing yourself, you know, um, or reflecting your inner your inner self. That's why we don't have any logos outside because we don't. I don't want this. I want the bag to be as unique and, and streamlined and clean as it can be. So the whole like morph shape of a of a stone that you can find on the beach, in combination with like the technology that we use of like the the coatings and, and the mechanical parts that are like basically all flipped inside that's that's how i would describe the bag the story behind this one is very important to always stay true to this approach of like what would water do mm. that's quite quite beautiful uh happy i ask i didn't know about that um because one thing so on one hand there is this i don't know in design we would call it biomimicry so taking those kind of components or different strategies or aesthetical cues from from nature but on the other hand, you always, in your interviews and your work, you emphasize really technology and technology, broad words, can mean many things. Um, but I would like to know why technology is so important to you, what technologies you introduce, and also what other ones might you embed. You said the bag, you want the bag to be very clean, So, but I'm already thinking you know, about different tags, sensors, making digital assets. So yeah, what is technology? In your work basically and what is going to be technology is like a tool you know that's pretty much it. like people always say that i'm completely driven by technology and i am because i have to it's not that i chose it i didn't thought like i right, you know what i'm gonna spend like eight thousand hours like trying to figure out 
a certain technique to like, you know, because it's fun. It is, it's needed. You know, like, I mean, when you look at like, I don't know, um, cave paintings, like 4,000 years ago, they used a certain paint, a certain barrier, a certain like liquid or whatever they could find to, to create the artworks that they envisioned back then. And I think that always evolves. Like, I think every time that is tools, you know, and that how far can you think is also combined with the tools that you have in your in your toolbox pretty much, you know? I mean, creating certain styles would have not been possible 30 years ago. And that's often like, you know, technology and, and, and style and vision and beauty goes hand in hand from my perspective, you know? So for me, technology is only basically a, a tool and, and, a, and, a, and a, you know, like opportunity. And I think, um, but I have to say, you know, it also shapes the, the it, it creates the shapes because it's possible to create these shapes with my, with my problems, you know? So, you know, like 20, 30 years ago, I said it quite often, you know, to the team, we would have not been able to create a stone. No chance because it was just not possible in case of like the, the you know, for maybe for like a, company like Porsche, you know, back then. They could have done it. But not a small company like in, in Austria who had no background in any of these topics. It would have never happened. And this is often the starting point is of technology because, you know, the one prototype I showed in Paris four or five years ago where people really liked it, that was something that I could have done because I had the access as a student slash I had my friends from, from university or like you know, artists who then guided me towards a certain tool set that I could use. And I think that's that's why I then like I have been able to to create what I'm doing now. So, you know, am I driven? Yes. Do I love technology? Yes. Is it something that I use as a purely as a tool set? Yeah. Pretty pretty much. And you know, but I still feel like, you know, what comes now and when we come about, you know, the digital world that we are like entering more and more. I mean that's what I talk quite a bit about you know it's like what happens next how can you put sensors in your bags how can you make them personalized you know we're working on that quite a bit to be honest like you know to see what more can we do for bag you know what else can we do you know like can we combine the bag with the shoes the shoes with the whatever the watch you know so it's actually quite funny we're working on a, on a, on a collaboration with Kamabuchi right now because I really love this like idea of the 90s and it's like something that was one of the first small gadgets that everybody could afford. So we, I always envisioned that like the last eight months, I don't know why. It's the first sign. I want to do something. I want to find a way how to implement that thing into a little story and make it from there. And now we're talking with like some other people about like a bigger concept. Like, could we charge our phone via the bag? You know, can we track the bag? You know, do we have QR codes that show you like who owned the bag before, where was it produced, how was it produced, you know, was the CO2 like emission, of it, you know, so we do quite a lot of like CO2 emission like uh, calculating as well, we try to like keep the technology, again, it's about the options that you have now, you know, and, and what you can create with technology and what you can create with the digital world, not even talking about AI and like how that shapes our, our way of designing anything, but just what can we put inside is very much what we are thinking about, right? Great. Uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting to hear that. I think many, uh, particularly based in EU companies, are now really wrapping their heads around uh, um, the digital product passports as the new EU regulations are coming. 
And yeah, I was wondering, how do you, is this something that you think will be important to you to think about transparency and sustainability? You already mentioned that you do some sort of efforts, but how do you, how do you, how, how far are you from it? Do you see it as something and how also you're going to be implementing something soon or, you know, in the future? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we, yeah, we, we will definitely implement it soon, but the funny thing is like what we can do now, and I think that's quite great is, you know, all of the materials. We know that certain materials will be recycled. You know, it's like a water bottle that was used already before, and how we make it back out of it. You know, these things can be done already now. Often people don't do it because it's like eight cent more and more expensive, but honestly, eight cent, we don't much care. So you can already do a lot. You know, like the surface technologies are changing right now that you don't need to have any like water circles that are like, embedded to the coatings. Also, you can like get rid of like wasting water. That's something. The technology, if you're like open-minded and if you go to a lot of fairs, people offer you a lot of technology anyway. I mean, you know, as a fashion brand, we can focus on the technology of how to put it together, how to make it, how to produce it. We can like put it all the knowledge we have, we can put it, push it all together. And uh, the thing is like, that's really what we can do, you know? I mean, we're not like a 400 billion company where we can like, say, okay, we made it now, whatever. But that's often not needed. You just go somewhere and you just like talk with the people and you talk with smart people and say, can you help us embed your knowledge into our product and what can come out of it? You know, and often, as, as you said, like often you don't have to change that much. A small change of material is enough to make a big impact, honestly speaking. But of course, we go and add like our way of technology of saying, you know, how do we open, how do we close, what's inside, what do we put inside in bag, and how does it impact people? That's something we think about, but like material science-wise, we're really like, you know, working close with the kind industry who's always like it's on the forefront, what is quite great, often like much more ahead than the fashion industry itself. So working with them is a big thing. Great, fantastic. And my last question is if there are any artists, designers, or I don't know, other industries, because it's something, those different industries, I mean, you often mention that you particularly are interested in collaborating with. I think the art world in general is super interesting. You know, like, I mean, it's a big market as well. Could you repeat? Sorry, I didn't catch what was it. Oh, yeah. No, that the art world itself is art really world. interesting and inspiring. I mean, I love Tony Gregg, who's a German artist, uh, fantastic. You know, I, always inspired by galleries uh all the full ideas on really amazing what he does you know like the isolated artists that love the work i'm quite into right now into more like uh, interactive art almost where people can somehow experience that's what i really enjoy right now um that's what really inspires me i think you know yeah no i mean you know who would we like to collaborate? I think the most fun it is to collaborate with people and brands and ideas that were not necessarily close to our industry. It was like, you know, Tamagotchi is I mean, you know, far away, but at the same time, really close. It makes sense somehow. Especially when you look at our shapes, you know, it looks like a little egg, man. totally makes sense. And the same with like, you know, some artists, you know, right now we have the honor to work on, you know, some jazz with, with kind of musket in combination was amazing she gave us the chance think about chess chess you know yeah true so you know at, at one point now it's at one point we're talking about side check i think having this kind of like uh you know 
overlap with other industries is what excites me. Hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. So as you said that you love galleries and you love art and galleries are inspiration, maybe we can conclude with your top three recommendations where people should go to see good art. What places inspire you? What is, what is amazing? Well, yes, more than happy to share what I feel is good. So there's one, in, I was in Sydney recently and there's one gallery that's called the Right Rapid. That is uh, absolutely fantastic. I was there with Ruby's uncle, a great artist and like really, really knows a lot about it. So he's always loved to go to Japan. And the White Rabbit is focused on Chinese um, artists and they are absolutely amazing. The gallery is so well uh, done and like it's beautiful. It's like a great foundation, really, really good. Um, Tate Waddell, obviously, fantastic as well. Uh, that's why I have seen like some of the best exhibitions in the world. And then I have to say, you have to pick your uh, uh, costume or to not get smashed. So let's say, let me see. I think the, the Museum of Angematic Kunst in Vienna has some really, really great um, things going on, really design oriented and great talks and happenings. So, you know, out of pure love to Vienna. Okay. Okay, so whoever goes to Vienna, go visit Mac. There's also a great cafe in front of it. I love Prukel Cafe. So yeah, thank you so much, Chris. It was a I pleasure. Is somewhere. Uh, I spent way too much time there. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing all your new designs. If you like this podcast and you would like to see it to continue, as well as receive more information from Unfolding Strategies, please visit unfoldingstrategies.substack.com and subscribe, where you will get access to our recent insights, reading lists, and podcast episodes, as well as archive of past newsletters, talks, and episodes. Thank you for listening.